The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. That was exactly it. Just keep out heavy pressure. Matt Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. All right, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt, Sarah, still away. Matt's over uh, with Dana in uh, Abu Dhabi. So I guess uh, ho- hopefully he'll call in today. And thank you, uh, my pal, Adam Hunter. I'm so happy you're, you're with us today, co-hosting, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you're on the front page of Fight Pass, your special. That must feel great because uh, I know you're a huge UFC fan. So to see yourself that prominently featured. Yeah, no, it was awesome, especially like just – it's almost like you have to go where your loves sometimes like you just, I kept trying to knock down the doors of other avenues and just like, so it just felt so good to have like Dana and the UFC be like, all right, you know, we want to do it here. Uh, so that was, and also cause I have like 20, you know, 30 minutes of jokes about MMA that I can't do in other places. Right. It's good to actually have a place where I can do them. Yeah. I've never done a lot of them as much as I love the sport and I love watching it. And I've been to so many events. I, I've never did a lot of it in my act. I don't know why I have it. Maybe it just, I mean, there's no reason. I just haven't. Well, yeah, and yeah, I, I remember you talk. I remember watching you. I think it was Opie and Anthony get kicked by Anderson Silva. <laughs> that was crazy. He he didn't even kick me that hard. You know, it's funny. I would always have those guys. It was more like not. It was never a test. Like I had hurt. It was more like I was in awe of what they were doing, but I had no frame of reference. And I think BJ was the first guy to throw me into an armbar, and, and he just did it sitting in a in a in a in a high up radio chair, just to kind of let me know. And I remember the thing that shocked me was how you feel like you're being pulled two ways at once. That was the weird thing. Like your, your body's being pulled out that way. And then it just was kind of off to the races. And um, the worst ones for me were John Jones uh, shin kicking my uh, thigh. I thought I was going to throw up. I, I had to go to the bathroom. So I thought I was going to vomit. And um, uh, yeah, I think that was the worst one. I, I would say Jones doing that was pretty bad. And, and Brock put me, uh, he showed me like a, a heel hook which really fucking hurt a heel hook. He was just kind of kidding. Like he was doing it so light, um, you know, because they knew they were dealing with a delicate flower, but it was still very, very fucking painful. So I had a newfound respect for it after feeling a lot of that shit. How big was Brock like next to you? He's a big guy, man. You know, and he's, he's, he didn't do a lot of interviews uh, at that point. And I forget who he was even 
fighting. He was a massive guy um, just sitting next to you. And, but you didn't feel like he was going to hurt you, but he was just one of those big, he's a big lug and he can't help. He can't help himself. He's got giant meaty hands and he's just trying to show me. And he got a kick out of uh, how much pain I was in. Uh, Fedor didn't exactly lay off either. I, I had him a couple of times. Uh, I think he put me in some kind of an arm lock and a choke and I was like, ah, and he got a kick out of it and he did it. <laughs> he did it again. So yeah, those guys are all, they're very gentle, but they hurt you when they don't mean to, you know, when they're trying to be gentle, it still hurts. And then I had a frame of reference for like, oh my God, that hurts so much with a guy doing it in a way just to not hurt me. Right. Can you imagine somebody doing that to you in a fight setting where they're trying to hurt you? No, no, I can't. I, I took a leg kick from uh, uh, Jojo, Joanne Calderwood and because like Mike Pyle was training me in Vegas, and he's like, "This is your," he goes, "This is how you have to pay. You take one leg kick." And for a week, I was like, not limping, but I could feel it for a week. Yeah, you know, that's one kick from from a one fifteen pound girl. You know, and I was like, "Wow," you know. So it's it's I, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Did you ever see that footage? Because again, when when Jones kicked me that one time, I, I do a part of me thought I was gonna pass out. Like it was such a weird shock to the system. Like I, my whole body almost went into shock from one. I mean, which really I am a complete pussy. Um, was Fabrizio Verdum kicking that reporter? Did you ever see that footage? There's footage of Verdum throwing a leg kick on that reporter, and he yeah. he, throw, he throws it a lot harder than Jones threw it on me. Uh, and that guy, I really understood how he felt. He's on the floor. And I think Fabrizio was worried that he actually really hurt the guy. Well, a lot of it is how you how you even know how to take it. Like, I remember I booked a commercial for ASICS for wrestling because I really wrestled. And uh, they put me with, with like an actor who just like faked it. He said he knew how to act, knew how to wrestle. And he didn't. So he's like, don't hurt me. But every time I, I took him down, he was like, oh, oh. So they had, to <laughs> they had to replace him halfway through the commercial. And they brought in a like division one national champion for me to go with. Then I became the dummy for like it was like the best became the best and then the worst commercial. I was like, oh my God. But I know how to land, so I was I was okay. But like a lot of this is how you could, you know, it's like it's like those punches. When when you whenever you see, you see a fighter like says, Oh, punch me, punch me. Normally he knows how to take how to how to like roll the punch. Right. You know, although Fernando Vargas was one of my favorite but not uh Mayorga was one of those guys. He would always say, you know, give me your best punch in a fight. It was awesome until he got hit by, I think, Tito Trinidad. And then he was like wobbly afterwards. So you got to be careful even with that. Even if you know how to take the punch and see it coming, it still could just, you know, hurt you. Yeah, I, I think I said that to Roy Nelson one time because he, he Roy Nelson, you, you literally, with a sledgehammer, he doesn't go down. Like the guy, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody take punches like Roy Nelson. I mean, he's just a, a fucking head of granite. Uh and uh, but I, I think I complimented him on that once, and he's like, "Well, it's more like I'm I'm rolling." Like, yeah, I, it was almost like he I, he thought I was just implying that he just stood there and got hit, but I, I didn't mean that. I just meant that I've I've seen him get hit really really hard, and it just it doesn't seem to phase him. He was one of the one Ultimate Fighter when like you could tell him and Dana didn't get along that well, and it, one of the funniest was when Dana was Roy Nelson really impressed himself this season. Like. <laughs> 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 Dane is weird. Dane is so funny because he really uh, will 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 blast somebody, but he doesn't seem to hold a grudge. Like you know, he, him and a fighter can go back and forth, and then they can have one. They seem like one talk, and it's all good. Everything's done. Like he seems like it, it blows up, and then he moves on. He doesn't fucking harp on it. Well, him and Tito got along after Tito had a shirt that said "Dana is my bitch," like, and wore it to the weigh-ins, and then 
they still became friends afterwards. And then he goes, you know, so it's like they had such a back and forth. By the way, you see Tito got kicked out of his own congressman. You know, Tito's like the mayor. Oh, no. Yeah. He's the mayor of Huntington Beach. Right. And he refused to wear masks at the meetings. <laughs> so he got kicked out for not wearing a mask as the mayor. So he got kicked out, but he's still the mayor. They didn't take his seat. No, no, he's still the mayor. He just keeps getting kicked out of, like, he had kicked out of a food drive. He keeps getting, as the mayor, he keeps getting kicked out of events. <laughs> Tito, Tito, what do you do? You got to be it. You got to, you got to sometimes just, you got to compromise. See, that's, that's the problem with a guy where there's no compromise in his old job. Zero. There's yeah. no compromise at all. There's a 100% goal and there's a 100% way to achieve it. But now you kind of like when you're a politician, you know, you have to like, oh, okay, great point. You know, and that's a tough transition, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they got that should be a reality show him as the as the mayor yeah tell me that wouldn't be the best the it's best ama it's amazing that he he's done you know who else uh may uh run someday because i think he's getting involved with uh walt harris we uh is doing some like civic stuff and what a charismatic guy and he's a guy i could see running for something someday uh because he seems to be getting involved like on a lower a lower level and you're like, yeah, I can see that guy staying in public office. Such as he came to my show and I was making fun of him. Like, I think he, I think he like, came late and it was like right after the Arlovsky fight. And I was like, well, you didn't show up for that fight either. And he got out of the chair, <laughs> ran around the room. Like he was like, <laughs> and he's like a huge guy. He's running around laughing. You know how like sometimes when people, you make them laugh. Yeah. And oh, he was he's such a good dude. Yeah. Most of those guys are too. And, and I, well, I think my, the thing I love the most about the fighters is watching them interact with other fans. And I've seen Dana do that where he'll come out and, and he's just signing for people and he's just taking picture. And almost, I've never seen any of those guys be dicks to fans. Like they always will sit there, they're trying to go piss in between rounds or they're trying to piss in between fights and they got to stop and take 30 pictures. And they all seem really, really good with it. I think a lot of that is because the come up is so hard. And same with like, with like comics in a lot of ways. Like we know how it is to like, sleep in our cars every night. We know how it is to get shit on by every terrible audience. We know how it is. So when people actually like us, a lot of a lot of comics don't forget it, you know? And a lot of these fighters the same way. They know how it is to like, especially the old school guys, you know, they know right. how to get paid nothing for, I mean, Josh Barnett was telling me back in the day, he couldn't find fights. So he would go on the internet when it first came out and be like, hey, you seem like a big guy. Do you want to fight tomorrow at my local YMCA in practice? And then he would just fight people while people were having like swimming sessions, like there'd be two guys in the weight room, just punching each other. Like, so, wow. so they know how hard it is for like the come up so that when they get there, they don't forget it. A lot of them don't, you know, most of them don't, I, I would say. Yeah. Cause the, the goal probably wasn't the same back then. Is it like, now, you know, there's the UFC, like, you know, where you can wind up. But back then it was probably just, All right, I'm going to fight somewhere for a living. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, I mean, I was, I remember asking Tito, by the way, there was a funny, uh, he, he was training with Tank Abbott. I remember when Tank one day, Tank had a fight where he tried to throw the guy out of the cage. He took the guy and tried to throw him out. But the guy, he like couldn't, you know, but I asked Tito, I go, you were training him. Why did he do that? And he goes, well, cause there was a time in practice where someone said, I bet you can't throw the guy out, out of the cage. He goes, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different, a different breed of person, you know? Yeah. Taking up a different, you know, who I'm always fascinated by too. And who I love is uh, Chuck Zito. Chuck Zito. Uh, do, do you know Chuck? He has like a really 
yeah. interesting life. Like when you watch his, and he comes to a lot of fights. We've had him on before and he has like an encyclopedic knowledge of like, you know, UFC one through 10. Like he knows, like he's a real deep knowledge of, of, of a lot of the old fights. And, you know, he's a, he's just like one of those fucking street tough guys. Like, you know, he's just a problem. But a guy like that is really interesting to me, too. Uh, the life he leads. Like, every time you look at his fucking Instagram, he's doing something. He's <laughs> at a, a bike rally or he's at a fucking truck show or he's at a fight or he's talking to Mike Tyson. Like, what an interesting life Chuck Zito has. Yeah, no, 100%. My friend, his, his name is slipping right now. He's a fighter from 1FC. He's an Indian, uh, real nice guy. And he stays at Russell Peters' house in Vegas. And so does Chuck Zito. So he said he's with his wife at like four in the morning sleeping. And Russell didn't tell Chuck, uh, hey, by the way, uh, someone's staying in your room. So he said he got woken up by Chuck Zito randomly. Like, hey, man, you're in my, <laughs> you're in my bed. <laughs> Like, it's like can you imagine like all of a sudden you're sleeping and then he said chuck was that was a really good sport about it he actually just like went down and like uh just stayed down down in the in the room and like he was pissed but it was like four or more he was tired but he was a good sport he looked up there. so wait, he was staying at russell's house and somebody was in the bed he was supposed to be in yeah 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 but russell didn't tell chuck oh by the way right so chuck came in at like four in the morning to go to sleep and all of a sudden imagine like sleeping in your with your wife and then Chuck Zito walks in the room. <laughs> I'd be afraid that she'd throw me out. All right, I'm going <laughs> to fuck Chuck. <laughs> Beat it, Jim. <laughs> so was Russell there too? Like Russell Peters, oh. another one. Uh, trim, I mean, he makes more money than almost any of us. I mean, he has a great career. He sells out fucking everywhere. My goal was I, I wish that I was clean enough. Because like Greg, Ro you know Greg Rogel? You know, yeah. of course you do from New York. And uh, he, you know, he's very funny and he's clean. And he toured with, with Russell Peters. And he said, it's just, you know, you're fucking first class on Emirates. Like he really treats his openers better than most headliners get treated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I opened for Russell uh, and, he, and he said to me, I, I go, hey, you want me to be clean? He goes, he goes, make it really hard for you to follow. I don't care what you do. So you don't have to be clean. Oh, uh, you don't. Oh, see, I, I assumed you did. You know what? Maybe in front of only the crowds that like uh, Saudi Arabia, yeah, um, probably. certain probably. crowds like that where there's like yeah. a lot of religious people. I think Greg said you, you couldn't curse. He's so smart though because uh, you know he he has a lot of crowd work in his act. You know, and so what he did is sometimes like you know when you do these huge theaters, the crowd work you can't people can't see you're talking to. So he has a he has three camera guys film the crowd during the show, so you see them on the screen. Oh, it's smart. Very smart. When he's doing crowd work, you see who he's talking to on this huge. So, I mean, it was he, he's a murderer, uh, but really, really, I mean, the nicest dude. Yeah, really, really nice guy. Um, what, what a nice problem to have, too, right? To tell, like, I need camera guy. Like, if I'm talking to a crowd, my fucking crowd is so shit. I could, like, just hold up an iPhone with a picture of the guy and people in the back row can see it. They're like, yeah, it's, <laughs> you don't need a screen, stupid. Good for him. Yeah, I saw him at the garden. Uh, Russell Peters and the backstage, he, he like all these old school rappers are friends with him too. He had like uh, fucking Melly Mel and, and, and like it was uh, Eric B. Like he has all these great, he has a great collection of friends, Russell Peters. He does. He does. And he's one of those dudes that like, you know, he knew I was having a baby and he was, he was what do you want? I go, your friendship. You know, I, I don't want anything. Yeah. He goes, no, what, what, what do you need? I go, I don't know. And then within three hours, a car seat showed up. Wow. That's just, that's Russell, you know. Was it a good car seat? It was like the best car seat. Yeah. You like he couldn't even get the car seat. He he had a baby. He couldn't even get the same car seat. <laughs> yeah. He's a very generous. 
you know, it's funny. The first time I, I think the first time I met him, but you, you know, it was Yoshi. I think brought Russell to, uh, I was shooting something. I was probably 2005 and he came and he knows that I'm a kiss fan. So he brought me this really nice, like kiss book, which I thought was like so thoughtful. He's just a thoughtful guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's a thoughtful guy who thinks of what's going to make somebody else happy. And I'm just the opposite. You know, I forget <laughs> birthdays and I, I care about people, but I'm such a self-centered ass that I really admire that in other, and I'm in awe when somebody else is like that. Did Yoshi ever tell you why he couldn't get into Canada with Russell? No. So he was opening up for Russell and for some reason he travels with swords, right? So he, he goes through customs and they find like two swords, right? And they're like, yeah, you can't bring these in. And then, you know, he, he was working for some porn company. Yeah, Evil Angel. Yeah. Give you porn. So then they found like 75 porns, like all like transit in the same bag. Like, and then they look through, he's like, what do you like? What do you do? He's like, I'm a comedian. So they look through his joke book and it's all like, you know, severed heads. And <laughs> so they like, he got like locked in customs for like three days. They wouldn't let him in the country. Wow. So he missed the gig? Yeah, he missed the gig. Wow. You know, it's funny. I got stopped coming into Canada. Uh, I was going up probably in 1992 with a comic, one of my closest friends, Bobby Levy. And I didn't know back then that you needed working papers. I was an opener. Like I had no idea. No one told me anything. I just yeah. was dry. I was the fucking driver. And now, uh, cause you know, Bob drank. So we, we go to Canada and they're like, what are you guys doing? And Bob's like, I ah, we're just coming to visit. And, and I'm like, all right. And the guy goes, uh, have you, how much money do you have? And I'm like, I didn't have any money because you, so you coming up to visit for a few days with no money. And he goes, have you guys ever been in Canada before? And I hadn't. And Bob's like, no. And the guy looks on the computer. He goes, yeah, but it said you worked here. And Bob goes, oh yeah, that was Canada, which was really not a good uh, <laughs> excuse. I'll never forget that. Oh yeah, that was Canada. So they, <laughs> they, uh, they didn't deny us. They denied us entry for a couple of days until we had birth certificates to prove that we weren't going to emigrate. And then we had to leave money at the border that we picked up on the way out. It was really a crazy system. And that was on my record. Customs doesn't fuck around. Oh, yeah. Probably until 2019. They finally took it off because, you know, I, they saw what it was and the many times I got up to work. So they finally kind of just scratched that. But man, you can't fuck around crossing the border. No, it happened to me in England. I, I, I did. It did. Yeah, I, I went to do show and they, I got like, 55 emails from the promoter and it goes when you get here don't say you're here for a show say you're here for and i didn't even look at that so i get to england fly there i'm like what are you here oh, a comedy show they saw that i didn't and they i got detained with like 17 au pairs and then uh oh. big x sent home didn't get paid it was just one of those things because like, you didn't have working papers or yeah, yeah no working papers exactly wow like, yeah just crazy yeah, especially since where do, when they detain you, Adam, where do they put you? Are you like in a uh, a cell or is it just a room where everybody's sitting there? It was just a room in the airport, uh, but you're sitting there and you're you sit and like people are crying because they can't get in or they're getting kicked out. And I remember like people always, you know, come people come to your shows and say I'm having like the worst time. Thank thankfully, you know, you made me laugh. I just found out that I had cancer. Some, something horror sure. story. But I remember like Fletch was on the television and Fletch one and Fletch two. And I remember laughing for like four hours. Like, thank Like that was what like, I'm not even like, I mean, Tabby Chase is funny, but like I was laughing. I'm like, thank God that these shows were on. Yeah. Cause I was really like in a low point going, man, I lost all the money. I just flew for 12 hours. Like there's no point. I'm not getting paid. What a waste of time. Yada, yada. But thank God Fletch was on. 
So they put you on a flight that they don't make you pay for. They just send you back. They send you back. They walk you to the air to the plane. They put a big X in your passport, which is funny because like my passport had like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Africa, Abu Dhabi, all these places I performed at, and then England X. So can you ever go back or no? Yeah, I've I've actually have been back there. Oh, you have. How did you get back here? What did you tell them? Look, I was just ignorant. I didn't know. Yeah, it was through a military tour. So they they I was doing comedy for the military, so they cleared it that way. Okay, so they uh, maybe they've forgiven, you know, if it's yeah. something like that, like there's certain offenses, I think, like if you have like a really bad drug offense or violent offenses, you're kind of fucked, but just something like that, they might, Yeah. you know, they, they might allow. It's not funny, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody getting stopped going into England before. <laughs> Failure. No, I think well, you're the first guy. I've heard Canada, I've heard, uh, or Mexico. I've never heard of anybody getting stopped going into, how many countries have you done gigs in? I've, I've done a few, but not too, too many. Uh, I've been, I mean, I went to Djibouti, Africa twice for what, uh, for military. Oh, wow. I, I got to a fight with the comic. I beat it in Djibouti, Africa. Wait, I was, an African comic or a comic you went no, with? No, a comic I was on tour with. It was me and this comic and he just kept picking on me. This guy named little bro. And, and like, it was back when like George Bush was the president. He wasn't doing any of his time. Right. He went up there and he was like, George Bush is a terrorist, like to the troops. Who's like their military. Sure. Talking about his like balls getting licked by a dog with peanut butter, just awful. And then, and then we go to like we, we go to Bahrain. We went there was like a massage parlor. We walked in, it was all like transgenders there uh, giving massages. And he locked me in. And then like uh, he was just just constantly on my case. He would have had to drag me out. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I said, like Eddie Murphy wasn't his movies weren't as good as they used to be, and that became like a. A three hour talking point, a lecture. It was one of those. So then we get to Djibouti Africa. I had to pay for him to go through customs, uh, pay this, pay that. And we're hanging out by the troops. And I, and he goes, man, Adam's gay, Adam this, and all this stuff. And like, so I just took his, his, his hat. I just like snuffed his hat. And I just started coaching wrestling for the first time in like 10 years. So I was like, and then he came at me and I underhooked him over with him and hip tossed him on his head. And I was like, who's a bitch now? And then the troops had to like separate us. Because we were there like the night we had been wow. and then and then uh then the, the sergeant takes us both into the bathroom and he goes, Man, you're here supposed to you guys need to find Jesus, you're supposed to be lifting our spirits. I'm gonna treat you like I treat my boys. I mean, they're gonna take your money or punch us punch you in the stomach. And we had no money, so I was like, and then the guy did say I deserve that. So the guy the the the, the sergeant punches both in the, in like the ribs. Um, but after that, he like the guy didn't mess with me and he was nice. But then they what bothered me was they said they weren't gonna tell on us. Uh, if we had a good show, I guess our show wasn't that good because <laughs> the booker told they told the booker on it, and I got I got fined like two hundred dollars or something, but I was only getting like five hundred for the whole trip, so it was like whatever. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny that that's a, such a gunnery sergeant Hartman thing too, to, to punch you in the fucking rib. What an what an army or a military thing. I went to Iraq with Colin and uh, Lori Kilmartin. And uh, which because she was a tough crowd writer and we went over there in 2000. It was the it was 2003 turning into 2004. And um, it was really to be in a war zone was interesting and kind of scary, but you felt safe with the troops. And uh, but it was Air Force. So the food was great. The accommodate like the tents were actually pretty tolerable. But the bathroom shitting in the military. I'm amazed with anybody that serves in a war because shitting is such a thing that nobody thinks of. But there was like those leather things hanging in front of you and your knees are poking out so you couldn't even shit comfortably it was really that was the worst part of the whole tour was was, was shitting yeah shitting. i remember i went to a tough crowd taping the one taping 
and Dennis Leary almost got into a fight with Geraldo. Oh yeah, sure, sure. That was that was crazy. You were uh, at that one. I was on that episode. You were there, huh? I was there because they were mad because Leary was mad that Geraldo wrote down his jokes. Yep. And because Leary just wanted to like freestyle it. And Geraldo was like, well, sorry, some of us like actually are real comics. So, and then it just became like the most yeah. awkward. Yeah. It was hilarious. So they like made this. They did. They edited it out really well because I went to I wanted to watch it. They made it seem like it wasn't that. But it was pretty awkward. Oh, it got pretty. It got pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. That show would get a little that would get a little uh, uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. If two, if two guys, usually a politics or argument. But when it got personal like that, you're like, oh, <laughs> You know, that's it was kind of it's awkward, but it's fun to watch. I mean, you know, we all love a good train wreck, right? Of course. Of course. Uh, do you have any gigs coming up or do, what, like, do you have any or do you have any more MMA uh, like roast stuff planned? Are you doing any more live shows? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a show with uh, with Forrest Griffin where we we're going to watch the Conor McGregor fight and they show our like reactions. So that's on Fight Pass. So that's I'm super happy about that. Yeah. Um, and then um, I, I just did Vegas last week. That was a. Uh, that was awesome. You know, it's just crazy going back from like Vegas shows to Zoom shows. Right. It's like going from sex to like getting kicked in the head, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, those things can be combined, but yeah. Like, uh, so you, <laughs> you, you, what did you do in Vegas? How, how are they seating people? Yeah, it was like 30. It was only, it was LA Comedy Club. That's a strat. It only holds like 120. So there's about 40, but they spaced it out the seats really, really well. Right. And um, people that were there, like, you know, normally you get some people that get offended or they don't want to come because their friends dragged them. There's none of that anymore. Like people that want to be at right. the show, they want to be at the show. Like they're they're willing to risk it all, you know. So they're there to have a good time. Um, That's what I've heard that the crowds are like almost like like military audiences where they're just happy that you're there and they're happy yeah. that they're out doing something else other than sitting in the house. So I heard they're great crowds. Yeah, the crowds were great, and then I I trained with uh, uh Brian uh. uh Brian Caraway, I actually rolled with him. That was pretty cool. And like, he's a, uh, he, he forget, like, you know, I'm like, all right, we'll do some, I'll do some wrestling, grappling. You see how good these guys are. Even yeah. guys that like, I'm like, whoa, like there's just so many, he was choking me out within like seconds. I mean, granted, I don't really know much jujitsu, but I was like, wow, he's the kid's powerful. It was, it was fun training with him. And then next I'm in Springfield, Missouri this week at uh, the Blue Room. And then I'm doing a, a gig with Gerald Harris in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's those are fun. But um, hopefully we're gonna do another roast, you know, because that was that was, it was so much fun doing that show in 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 Vegas for, for the UFC. But it was like it was like hard because uh, number one, you know, I had to be quarantined, you know, forever. And then Ahmed Ahmed was the opener, so it was me and Ahmed. And then uh, then we get there, they're like, you know, the room was like 40 people in a room that holds you know 200 sure everyone was wearing masks um mike perry's in the front row with his pregnant girlfriend i was pregnant you know and thank god he was like the best sport yeah there's a guy that like i was telling my wife i'm like i think he may get kicked out of the ufc for being too violent <laughs> like there's a guy but right when i said i go oh you know i you know mike's okay he's, I, i'm a big fan of your girlfriend she's on 16 and pregnant <laughs> and I go, Mike's on parole. As soon as I saw him laughing, I'm like, okay, thank God. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, this is a horrible angle, Adam. What's, what's up? Hold on. I'm going to balance this on a coffee machine in here. Coffee. Every time I talk to Matt when he's in Abu Dhabi, I get so jealous of the awesome hotel room you're in. Like, I, I really want to be there. Yeah, that's oh, this is room. nice. Have you, have you ever been, have you been to Abu Dhabi? No, I've never oh, been. Oh, have I been to Abu Dhabi? Yeah. My third, I've been here four times. Hold on. It's you know amazing. What's the, most, the, most, the most fun thing yeah. here? Hold on. Uh, oh. Oh, your Oculus. I brought it. I brought well, it, bitches. I'll be honest. I still don't I'm, like I'm Population gamer, 1. I, I know you are, but I, I'll be honest. I'm obsessed with Vader Immortal. Uh, I'm obsessed with, with Vader Immortal. You should get that. It's a great game. Yeah, great game. My bird wants to be a little Jedi Knight. Yes, you I do. You want to be a Jedi Knight, Jimmy? Yes, I do. Did you yes, hear I me do. okay? You look at me like I'm delayed or weird. No, no, no. We hear you. Good. The it, fuck? It, it dropped out. Adam. Yo, Adam. Yo, I've been watching your special, man. It's fucking funny. Oh, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're you're a joke machine, man. You just fucking rattle, bang, bang, like fucking. It's crazy. No, because some guys like a big story, guys, but you're just like bing, right. bing, bing. It's like, oh fuck. Did it's I like the jokes? They just keep coming. Well, I mean, like I first, of all, I have like ADHD, so I get bored of my own stories. I'm always just like, get to the fucking laugh already. Like I really, I hate telling stories. <laughs> yeah. And then also my favorite fighters are always like Mexican boxers because they just throw like thousands of punches, yeah. you know? So I'm like, and then I'm, you know, I come from an, like New York. I used to watch like, you know, like Jim and the, you know, Patrice and all these guys where Pete Corielli, it was like the guy who got the most laughs won every set, you know, the biggest laughs, the most laughs. Yeah. So I'm like, well, no one could say that you suck if like you're getting the most laughs. Right. So I figured tell the most jokes, get the most laughs. No, it's good, man. And do you feel, and this, I don't, Jimmy, maybe because you haven't played, played, you haven't performed, I guess, lately. Right. Do you feel with the masks on, you're, it kind of fucks with your, like, because I feel you get a good reaction, but then you look in the audience and maybe you see them get a little bit more squinty, but it's like, you don't see nobody's mouths. You don't see them like, ah, like you see them laughing, but you know what I'm saying? It's like muffled. Especially like, does it, in fuck, a, with you? Yeah, does it the, fuck with your confidence? A little bit. Landing or not? A little bit, because I had to. I had to remember it's a TV taping, so I go. No matter what, people are gonna be laughing at home if the jokes are good, regardless if they're laughing in person. So I can't really deal in real time with the right. crowd as much. Um, and then also, I, I thought, well, worst comes to worst, they can always put in laughter, you know, like if they're not laughing. But that's also like a fucked up way of doing things because your timing's off a little bit, you know. Right. But, exactly. But then also sometimes, sometimes I think I'm bombing with masks because someone just has like their eyes are just frozen. And then they pull on the mask, you see huge laughs and big smiles. So some people just have like dead eyes yeah. or they've had too much Botox in their face or whatever. You, just, you really think that you're yeah. bonded with, with masks. Um, and that's not the case. And a lot of times, I don't know, Jimmy, 
I, I, I always assume people hate me no matter what. Always. Like, yeah. It, it's my own, you know, yeah. in therapy. So even if someone's like not laughing, I, I like even they are laughing. I assume they hate me. Just when I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, they, they hate me. You know, I asked my therapist. I'm like, why yeah. do I think everybody hates my guts? And he said, you're perceptive. <laughs> 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 but no, you're right. You're right. Very in tune. <laughs> you're right. You're right to do it for the people at home, too. Like when you look at a guy like Gervais, who hosts. Uh, he's so great. in The Golden Globes. Half the people in the audience want to strangle him. You know, yeah. half of those fucking in Hollywood, they don't have a great sense of humor about being completely shit on, but he's playing to the fucking, to the 50 million views he knows he's going to get from people at home. Very smart. And that's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I figured. I'm, I, you know, like I said, uh, one of the funniest things I talked, I heard you talking with Robert Kelly about the AVN awards and yes. um, so many comics. I think like stand up comedy is a lot like, um, it's like being a football player where, uh, like in like a set, you see like these college football players that go pro, with, but like they can't handle like the huge, they throw three interceptions and they're done, yes. you know, whereas like the good comics, okay, they'll bomb the first four or five minutes, but then they'll, they'll get them. They'll figure out like what the cheat codes are. Yes. And uh, the AVN awards, you'd see the different hosts because I remember David Tell, who's one of my favorite, he, he, it's kind of like he was bombing and, and it got to him. Like he's a guy that has no poker face. But one of the funniest things I've ever seen was him look at the crowd and go, dreams. <laughs> he just said dreams. It was like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. So uh, it's a hard yeah, gig. This guy's a legend. David tells great. The porn awards are very hard. I've hosted them twice. And once it's funny, the second time Tito was there. Tito was in the front row. He was married to Jenna at the time. And uh, he, you know, they, they look great together. And people were heckling him about Chuck Liddell from like the second. It was so weird to hear this guy have to sit there and just like, it's like he's out with his wife and he's just not. And these fucking animals up there, yo, fucking Liddell. They're all screaming at him and it's awkward for me. But yeah, that's a great event. The Point Award's a great event. You said they're very hard though. They're not easy, dude, because it's such a specific ah, I audience. Thought was a, I thought thought it was a pun. Oh, no. <laughs> Just, no. <laughs> you thick I'm always thinking you're trying to deliver something sick. No. Um, yo, speaking of, hey, speaking of not bad jokes, uh, Adam's roasting everybody, and I saw on Instagram, he did a, a they go, roast Matt Sarah. So he did a joke, and I liked it. I thought it was funny. And I wanted to chime in because it was it was about make uh, a joke about Matt Sarah. So what was it, Adam? I said, you, so you, you'll come back to fighting if you'll fight at the Garden, the Olive Garden. Yeah, I, I was going to chime in and I was going to be like, yay, breadsticks. But then people would think that I actually go to the Olive Garden. So I couldn't even do that. So I just liked it. it wasn't no, what, what, what happened was, Matt, what happened was, Jim, I, I lost, I, got, I made a lot of money in like cryptocurrency last year. I was getting paid on this website where they were paying me tokens, but I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I, I cashed out a lot of money, but I accidentally put the wrong token in the wrong wallet. So now at the time it was a $2,000 mistake. And now these tokens are worth a hundred grand, right? And I'm trying to get them out, but they're stuck in Coinbase. And the last week I've been spending five hours a day emailing everybody into the company. Can I please have my tokens back? Nobody's been getting back to me. Of course. So I tagged, I tagged the CEO of the company and I said, can I please have my money back, blah, blah, blah. And then I put anybody that gives me any topic, I'll write a joke about that person. If you retweet this person. So then I was getting Matt, Sarah, I was getting everybody. So luckily the guy finally got back because it was like 500 people retweeted, but I had to come up with 500 jokes the last three days. <laughs> so like, 
So yeah, that's crazy. So wait, so let me ask you, because I, I just got on Coinbase. And I have a very little bit, not not a huge investment at all, just a little something because it seems like it's growing, and I know nothing about cryptocurrency. Um, are you gonna? Why is your? How come you can't get your money? How they they put it in the wrong wallet? No, I did. I, it was it was my mistake. I I supposed to. I got this. I got this Ray token. This token and supposed to flip it to Ether, Ether, and then put Ether into Ether Wallet. And it was like the same number. So I put the, 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 the ERC token in the, ER, in the ERC wallet, in the Ether wallet, but it accepted the transaction. So it, it, normally they, don't, they, they can like pay a fee and get it back out or they don't accept the transaction that they did. So now it's just stuck there. Oh. It's just stuck there and I can't get it out, but I can see it. So it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, and now it's like a hundred G's. So I, I've been writing jokes all along about people, about fighters. People are giving me like Bobby Southworth. You know, they're, giving me like, they're giving me like names of a fighter, Chemo Leopold. I have to like, like go back and like, I have to Wikipedia some of these people just to write a joke. <laughs> but, but the thing is, this guy's entire timeline is MMA jokes now. Did, so did he help you? He did. He finally did. But he says, I, I'll get them out by the spring. They have to invent a way to actually get people their tokens back. So by that time, it could be, it could be, it was at 10 cents, went to $4. It could be back down to 10 cents. Well, I, I zoned out after when you guys said crypto and it wasn't Superman's dog. I go, I don't even know what you told him. Dude, I, I don't know either, Matt. I shouldn't be involved with crypto because I really don't know enough about it. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Dean Thomas is such a fucking old lady. I'm texting him like I'll go out to eat. I'll get him something to eat with him afterwards because it's like 930 here. So I'm like, all right, man, I go see what time it's open to. There's a place called The Garage downstairs. You know, it's a nice place. So he's like 12 a.m. Keep in mind, we leaving at 8 a.m. It's like, hey, dude, relax. What do you got to, what do you got to fucking get your eight hours in? <laughs> my sleep, guys, my sleep is fucked up, man. I'm just fucking, it's, it's, like right now it's 9.30 at night. I've been quarantined. I don't know. So are you leaving where, Matt? Where are you going, Matt, at 8 a.m.? Oh, to, oh, we're doing, dude, to shoot. Me and, okay. me and, yeah, we're doing some shooting out okay. there in the uh, desert and where and whatnot. It's okay. going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'll, and you'll, I'll keep you in suspense what we're doing, okay. but it's going to be good. But, uh, you know, my sleep, I went to, I got to, you know, I went to Vegas. Then I get there, they quarantined you for two days, chartered flight here, and I've been quarantined since. So I haven't, I just been in hotel rooms, merkin fools, Jimmy. Thank yeah, God yeah. for VR. Hey, Adam, I know you're a grown up. But do you like video games? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I. That's not I just, funny. I'm a grown ass man I'm approaching fifty and four. Hey, you like video games? My 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 two year old daughter is always like, put your phone away. I can't do another thing, or it's yeah. like that. But you know what's funny is that talking about you realize how lucky we have it because you know Johnny Case, right? Johnny Case, the fighter. He was in PFL and UFC for a while. I, yeah, 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 sure. So he he got he got called to train with the Korean Zombie over in Korea. He's like, they're going to quarantine you. He's like, okay, no problem. He gets there, armed guards come, bring him to a hotel, stay outside his room for two weeks with machine guns because of COVID, and don't let him come out for two weeks. Wow. And he goes, that's when you realize that, like, the freedoms we have of quarantining, it's a whole different type of quarantine over there when he trains yeah. the zombie. So they had, to, well, he had to order food, I guess, right? They, they just yeah. room service and all that shit. I think they would put it underneath his door. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uber Eats fucked me, you know, when I was over, <laughs> you know, they're bringing me gluten pizza. I go, dude, come on. I'm trying to do the right fucking, God, I might I take know. my shirt off. I don't know what's going to happen on this. It's shoot. hard. 
It's hard. But I still, by the way, I still don't like population. I'm trying to give the population one so Matt and I can play because I get dizzy. I always wind up climbing a water tower and just, I hate we have to reload your energy bar. Fuck all that shit. No, but it's so much fun. It's you got, I'm, I'm sniping people. Like it's not even funny. I know, I know it sounds silly, but it's so much fun. But listen, let's get back to some martial arts shit. Yes. Adam, I found out that you're also a wrestling coach. I think you might've told us that before, but yeah. I just seen it recently. Yeah. Do you, am, are you a blue belt in jujitsu or no? What belt? I'm you? a white belt in jujitsu. In high school, I was, uh, I, I won the New England four times. Uh, I was a four time. And then I, I, got, I ended up getting a scholarship by Tom Ryan over at Hofstra. But oh. I didn't go. I ended up went to, I ended up going to Binghamton. I wrestled for like a year at Binghamton and then kind of got burned out and yada yada. That's fucking dude. I want to see somebody try to fucking heckle you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you should fight. Hey, listen, fuck this. Hey, I'm not no promoter. I'll put you versus fucking let's put you versus uh Luis J. Gomez. I got but he knows jujitsu. He likes spars. I have to like learn jujitsu though. How, how you don't know jujitsu? Not really. Not as much as I, I would like to know. I'd have to really, like, I'm not one of these guys that's going to go there and just do it for fun. I'm going to really going to have to try to win. Uh, I, well, I, but I would do it if I actually, like, got, like, a real training program, you know? Like, if I really took it I'm serious. surprised. I'm, but you're a grappler. You're, you're a wrestler. I know. I, I, I was doing it serious, and I tore my ACL. I remember I told you. Like, I was in, uh, I was oh, yeah, it. that's right. That's but right. Now I'm yeah. like, but, now, but now, once quarantine's over, I'm going to go back into it pretty hard. Because I actually rolled with Caraway last week and, uh, and with Mike oh. Pyle. And I like loved it. Oh, uh, Mike Piles, and yeah. Did Lewis fight uh, Jason uh, Ellis yet? Those guys are doing something. I think at Ellis Mania, or or it might be uh, Skanks are putting it together. I don't know, but I know that they are fighting. We would have heard if they. Fought I thought already. we would have, right? I thought we would have. Yeah, I think Jason went through that shit with his XM deal. Yeah, with work. Yeah, we should get him on the show. I uh, spoke to Ellis about it. Ellis said that he's uh he says Lewis is training, but he's not going to come close to beating him. Uh, he says that he doesn't want to knock his teeth out because he likes Lewis, but if he hits him, Lewis is going to get knocked out, <laughs> basically. Yeah, but Jason's he, crazy, he said, man. Jason's he said he's going to try to win. He said he's going to try to win by not hurting him because right. he likes Lewis. So he said after he lost his deal, Lewis called him up and got him a sponsor for his podcast. So it was really, really nice of him. Yeah, Lewis is a good guy. Lewis is a really good guy. And he's a hard worker, too. You know, like you talk to Lewis, he's just like a thug. But then you realize, like, no, this guy's like fucking four businesses and he just likes to fight and he's very confrontational, very confrontational. But he's a fucking uh, he's a very hard worker, man. He's like a real entrepreneur. I really respect that. Well, I feel like a lot of times the guys that he doesn't like, I, I kind of could see why he doesn't like them, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't always question his judgment. Sometimes <laughs> his methods of expressing it. <laughs> Uh, so Matt, you don't know, you know what you're doing or do they tell you what you're doing like in the day of or as you're doing it or before? Eh, like on the plane ride over sometimes or the day of. I like to, I like to, listen, man. Like I didn't know I was going into some fucking shark cages. I didn't go in a cage. I didn't know we were, I didn't know. No, I didn't know. I don't usually know until like, kind of like on the way over. <laughs> hey, I approach it like I approach this fucking podcast. Not only, I, I do my homework on the podcast. How was the yes. how was your how was your flight, Matt? How was your flight, Matt? Matt oh, you, it's great business, right? Jimmy, I fucking love it. I'm just a sleeping little bear in that thing. Yeah, I love that business. Give me business class, first class. I love that shit. You can't go back. I don't want to sound like a fancy pants. I know, I know. I'm not going back to coach. I can't. 
And you're on Etihad, which I've never flown, but that's like a like a, one of the best airlines in the world. I've never been on it, but supposedly like the, the, the like that's a business class that like just blows away other business classes. Fifteen hours, I mean, it makes a fucking difference, dude. Yeah. Matt, I have a question about uh, it's a little off, but Chris Weidman, right? So yes. I to, when I talked to Tom Ryan, he said that Weidman didn't work that hard. So he and he was a four time All American. Like, how does a guy <laughs> not work that hard and become that good? Is he just that good well chris is i mean as far as a natural athlete he's one of the very best i ever seen you know what i mean like he just picks up stuff like like i told you you know forever i uh with the story with longo when like maybe, he walked, or maybe it was chris that he didn't work that hard go on what what's that i think maybe it was chris that he didn't he, 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 he didn't work that hard chris said he didn't work that hard in college Oh, Chris said it or Tom yeah. Ryan said it? No, no, Chris said it. Chris said it. Chris said it. Oh, I thought you said Tom Ryan said uh, yeah, it. Yeah, no, now that, that, that I'm thinking back, Chris said he didn't work that hard. Oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> His coach or it's him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, well, listen, I think Chris, he works hard when I see him. And at my school, he's always worked hard. But he's always had the mentality. Like, this is what made him makes him so dangerous is that uh, – like when he, like, I, again, when he was first came down to Longo's, Longo didn't really know him at all. And he was watching some sparring, some serious sparring. And he has to jump in with the guys and he never sparred before. And Longo goes, nah, man, you're not jumping in. You don't got experience and this ain't wrestling, you know? And then he goes, and then he was insisting. And then Longo goes, you don't even have a mouthpiece. Oh. And he saw a fucking dirty <laughs> mouthpiece on the floor and dusty fucking Longo's place ain't the cleanest, you know? Picks that fucking thing up, put some water on it. He goes, I'll just, I'll put this in my mouth. Fucking see, that's what I'm saying. See, that stuff story like that. Bugs me. Wait, how that, did he do? Wait, wait, how, how did he, how did he do? Oh, I don't know. That's that's as far as I know. That's what I remember with the story. But I'm sure. All I know is I know he's went in there right away with guys that are. He he took to it right away to stand up. You know, I mean, Longo even insists to this day he never showed his what he fully could do up there. You know what I mean? So, hey man, it's crazy. You know? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things about you was when uh, when Silva hurt his leg. You're like, good, fuck him. Yeah. That, that was- oh, you know what's funny about that is uh, I actually I know his manager, uh, Ed, Ed uh, Suarez. He's a nice guy. So I, I, this is what happened with that. And I've seen broken legs, like, but not like I didn't know it was in half. Like I was in the cage. I wasn't watching from the TV. So I'm not watching replays. I'm, they just all of a sudden we saw them. Like he went to throw a kick and then something happened from where we were. Like a pillar was there. And then Anderson drops. So we're like, and then all of a sudden Chris went to jump on him or he didn't and they broke it up, whatever it was. And then like, is it over? Like, we didn't know what happened. So when you're in that foxhole, you're just so committed to being like, yo, what is our guy? Did he win? Is it over? And then when they said, oh, his legs broke. Now I thought maybe he just fucked up his leg. I didn't know it was in half. I didn't, that's, that's, I'm not a heartless prick. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. I has got like a family at home watching. So when I said that, I'm like, oh, it's over? Oh, he broke? He's like, good, fuck him. Like, fuck it, we're done, right, we won. Right, right. You know, I was in battle mode. So I actually I actually apologized to uh, Ed. I don't, you know, Anderson, I don't know too well, but to him well as well, but. You ever see those memes that they made about you? The memes? Oh, good fuck. <laughs> yeah. They, like... they, they should have used a better picture where I'm a little <laughs> bit more like Hardy. Because they got they a big like picture, a... and I'm, I'm, it says, good, fuck him. And I'm like this, give it a thumbs up. Or something. They had like, Mufasa <laughs> died. In the Lion King, and they had you pop out and go, good fuck them. <laughs> you know who likes that? My father likes that. Sometimes he lurks around and he goes, Oh, I seen you on this fucking forum. The good fuck them pops up. 
go, thanks, Dad. And I go, he's a fucking. My dad's got a sick sense of humor. Now, did uh, did Ed accept your apology? Was he okay with it? You explained oh. what happened. Oh yeah, yeah. He's very good. He's a great guy, Ed Soros. I like him a lot. He understood, man. He, he I'm, did, dude, right? I'm not. He knows I'm because he knows me. We we hung out before, so he knows I'm not a dick, you know. And you know, it's more of an in a moment thing. And again, I didn't see the thing in half. Of course, yeah. You know? No, you're. I thought the guy just fucked up his leg. Right. You know, guys get broken legs. It's, it could mean a lot of things. I didn't mean, Jesus Christ. I don't want to see that again. I've seen it enough in my nightmares. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Matt, can you hear us? Yes, sir. How are you? Very good. How are you? Um, I'm here. Matt, uh, Matt's in uh, Abu Dhabi. And Adam, where are you? Me? I'm in L.A. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, Adam? We're at the same hotel, Maddie. We're just both quarantined right now. I'm not quarantined. <laughs> then, wait, oh, you fuck, you're out? Yeah, yeah. I've been here since uh, Sunday. Oh, I'm way off. I just got here. But I'm yeah. off soon. What's up, man? And you're with Mickey Gall also, the young gun. Yeah, my buddy Mickey Gall is here with me. I like that, that you're, 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 you know, not, not, you're, you're the experienced guy. You're kind of taking him under your wing, helping him out. Some. That, that's awesome, man. That's nice of you. Yeah, he's a great dude. He's got great jujitsu, man. You know, um, so, you know, he's a great guy to help out with uh, my training. He's built a lot like Condit. So, um, and he's a good guy. man. We have a good synergy the way we work together. Is this the first uh, first fight uh, with some fans in the audience that that's starting this week? As far as I know, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, does that mean anything to you? Like, are you happy that it's happening, or or did you kind of get used to it the other way, and you're okay either way? Um, I only had one fight with it the other way, so but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much cool with it either, either way. But it just means more people get to see me perform, which is great because I'm going to perform amazing this weekend. Are you guys in the same room you were in? Because I mean, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of room for fans. Um, in that room unless they've expanded it or they've, they've moved the, uh, the octagon into a bigger place, a bigger space. Um, I have no idea. Oh, you don't know. They didn't tell you. Yo, Matt Brown. Don't yeah. give a fuck, man. You put him in a barn, you put him in a backyard somewhere. He'll fucking, I, I he bought in barns in backyards. So yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny, Matt? I remember it felt like yesterday. I felt, it feels like a long time ago that you retired on such a great note. But what happened? What happened? You a couple of months went by. You're like, you know what? Fuck this. You come back and then you elbow Diego in the head. Was that the one? No, that's the one you retired. <laughs> that's the one you retired on. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
But then what made you, because is it that you still have some psycho in you? You still have some stuff in the basement that you have to let out? You have to still exercise some demons? Man, I, I just love doing this shit, man. Yeah, no, you know. Um, Believe it. My, and my kids, man, you know, they kept bugging me. They're like, like you got to keep fighting, Dad. What are you doing? You know, and I'm training my balls off. And, you know, that's what I fight for, man, is to inspire the kids, man, inspire the next generation. That's what it's all about these days, man. Like, you know, show them you can do anything with hard work and, and some commitment. And um, that means more to me than anything else, man. What direction were you going to go in if you didn't keep fighting? Like, what, what, what were you starting to think of where they're like, no, no you got to keep fighting? Well, I got my gym that I opened, um, you know, so I started, you know, working with some other fighters, coaching some guys stuff. Um, I was kind of working on being a firefighter, maybe. I think that'd be a real cool job, man, like running into burning buildings. And hey, Matt, did you have, a, did you have a Coleman in your corner for this fight? Um, his he didn't have a passport. Oh, <laughs> he probably threw somebody through a hotel window or something. You never, <laughs> Mark Coleman's a wild man. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he is, he's a wild man, but I'll tell you what, in the gym, he's not a wild man. He's a he's a great guy in the gym, man. Great guy to have around, great motivator. He was in pride. Uh, how did he have a passport? He fought like 87 times in Japan. Um, I think it's expired or something. Oh. Yeah, some guys don't keep up with it. Some guys just like they forget. They just they're in the state for a while and you don't think of it. Dude, mine was expired. I had to get mine last minute. I barely made it. Um, I had to pay a lot of money to get it actually real quick. Yeah. Oh, one of those like, expedited passport things where they can do it in like two days for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, can I just say that I'm shocked that you and Carlos Condon have not crossed paths before. This is a great fucking fight, man. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to fight twice before. Both times, I got injured. So, oh, oh, this is this is some final destination shit. This is meant to be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. meant to happen. This ain't Ferguson versus fucking Habib. Now nobody wants to see it. This right. is some real shit. I'm excited, yeah. man. It's just there's so many great fights, and also you look at this, you're like, fuck, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Same way. Uh, we should have been main event, I think, but whatever. And, and you know what? You got to like that you're having him as a dance partner because he looked great in his last fight. Also. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great fighter, man. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. I love the guy. I love watching him fight. Love his style. Um, so I think it's going to be a great matchup for me. But I also think that uh, the where I'm at these days, uh, he got me at the wrong time. He sh If he would have fought me before, he would have had a better chance. Um, nowadays, uh, I'm on point, man. I'm dialed in. I'm sharp. Uh, energy's up. Weight's low. Uh, feeling great. How long does it take you to adjust to the time difference there? Like you get there Sunday. How many days until you're actually kind of on schedule? Um, I I didn't really adjust. I'm staying up all night and sleeping all day. Oh, oh you you yeah. don't have any you don't have any problem just kind of switching and doing what you have to do. Um, I mean, I'm stay I'm basically staying on an Eastern time zone schedule, so um, it's not really a big difference. Man, if I didn't have to film, that's what the fuck I would yeah. do. I'm <laughs> my sleep my sleeping schedule. I'm doing my virtual reality at three in the morning. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> uh, you know? look ripped too, man. You look like you're in better shape now than you were five years ago. This might be the best shape I've ever been in, to be honest. This might be, uh, my, again, everything's been on point, man. My uh, home life, you know, which is the hard thing to get on point. You know, the, the diet and stuff, I can get that on point. Um, my training, nutrition, everything, strength and conditioning. Uh, but this time I got everything in my life in order you know my mind's clear uh, training is good 
good partners. Um, coaches were there. Everybody's on the same page. Um, and that's the hard part, in my opinion. Um, you know, Matt being, he's fought before. I mean, uh, he understands the struggle, man. Those outside influences, having coaches come in that, you know, each guy kind of wants to do their own thing. And, um, you know, things get convoluted real quick, man. And this can be a, a, you know, you're the CEO of this business and your employees can fuck shit up real quick. So um, this time everything came together really well. And I'm happy for that. When, when that's happened, like when you've been dealing with that, you could probably sense it's happening when it's happening. How do you normally handle that? If you're like, things are getting convoluted or this is just, this is not what I want in, in this camp. Uh, you just work through it, man. You just go, you know, that's all you can do. You just keep your head down, you know, bite down your mouthpiece and walk forward, man. Will you talk to one of them? Wh whoever's not doing what you think they should be doing. Will you say something or will you just kind of naturally gravitate towards, towards uh, whoever's doing what you want them to do? No, of course I have meetings with the coaches and we sit down and we talk and I said, this is what I want out of you. This is what I'm paying you to do. And you're going to do it or you're going to get fired. Fuck uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you comfortable firing somebody? Like I'm so bad at that. I, I, it's really hard <laughs> for me to do. Are you comfortable doing that if you have to do it? I mean, I don't like doing it, but you know, I've done it in the past I've, and I'll do it in the future. And it is what it is. Matt, Sarah, do you ever, ever happen to you where like a, a, a coach comes in and tries to run the show? Uh, uh, no, because I was with Longo since I'm a kid. So I had Longo and Henzo, and nobody's fucking jumping in there. I keep my circle small. I don't add no new. I don't want any new friends, Adam, except for you. I like you. <laughs> Even though, yeah, no, I hear you, you Matt. Right. You know what the deal is, Matt? I think a lot of people, and I don't see this in you, they're afraid if something irks them, and they're afraid of confrontation. But I feel it's way worse not to say something, whether it's a coach or it's somebody just being a douchebag. Because then it stays, then it's lingering. And it's better just to fucking like, see, my wife keeps everything in until she gets behind the car and then she's gonna realize, ah, you know, but <laughs> she's all nice and quiet and shit. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she becomes like, I go, you're gonna, somebody's gonna cut you off that you know and they're gonna see the fucking the horns come out. But the point is, she keeps it in. When you let everything out, I'm always, I'm a nice guy to everybody. I'm always relaxed. I, I don't, you know, I can deal with a little awkwardness once sometimes. Yeah. I, I tell right everybody, <laughs> I tell every everybody that I hire, whether it's an employee at my gym for the coffee um, or in my uh, fight business, I tell them we can live like brothers, but we do business like strangers, and that's the way I work, man. If if you cause one problem, it could be over in a heartbeat. Have you had people do that where they, like you said, we live like brothers, people who are, are not doing business the way they should be doing business because they think, well. It's Matt. I don't have to do uh, things. Yeah, exactly. Want. I've I've dealt with that before, and I've learned that lesson um, in the past, right? Like, you know, guys, it it becomes complicated, right? Because you know, running a business or um, you know, uh, a fighting, you know, same thing. You know, it's another business, and um, you know, it becomes personal. Become and their emotions become involved, and they are your brothers, and they are your friends. Um, and some people might call it selfish. Um, but it's not, you know, I'm like, look, I got to do what I got to do. You, and you got to, uh, pull your weight or, or you're going to get off the wagon. Shit, man, you got to be a little selfish. It's your ass in there, especially biking. Yeah. I mean, the business also, you, you know, there was that great, great quote, that uh, a buddy of mine had, it was, uh, it was on his desk. It was, uh, your hobby is my livelihood. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you might do this for fun, but fuck. You know, I got to keep the bills on. I got kids. I hear you, Matt. That's exactly it. So, yeah, it, 
you know, I just try to keep it real simple, you know, um, keep the emotions out of it. Um, you know, Saturday night, we'll go out and we'll have a blast. We'll have fun. We'll have a, a fucking bonfire, whatever. But come Monday morning and we're in the gym, you better do what you got to do. Yeah. And some people have a hard time telling friends what to do, but other people have a hard time realizing, no, this is a business relationship. I have to do what he tells me. I've, I've dealt with friends that have a hard time when you're in a position where you're actually telling them that they have to do something. Well, like I said, that's why I make it clear right up front. Live like brothers business like strangers you know uh i want to ask you man how were you as a kid were you always a fighter did you get fucked <laughs> with because look man you were just saying and it's funny i was laughing you're like uh this is the wrong time for carlos to to, to fight me because now and it's like i remember you since the ultimate fighter and the guy fucked with your dip and, the, and all the other fighters in the house are like yo we fucked with matt brown's dip <laughs> you know and you're like <laughs> you were playing pool and the guy's like yeah man, i'm just joking you're like man you don't you don't mess with a man's dick. I never dipped before, but I can understand. But I'm like, I'm like, so I can't picture there was ever really a good time to really fuck with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I got a lot of fights as kids, but I got beat up a lot, man. I'm not that guy that's going to go around and say, I never lost a street fight. Whatever. I got my ass kicked a few times and I got bullied a few times, um, but I always stood up for myself and I got my ass kicked and I took the ass beatings and uh, came back and, you know, and they didn't like that shit. You know, they beat me up and I'd be back the next day. Like, like try bullying me again. You can kick my ass again, buddy. Matt, has your gym been open during COVID? Uh, we had to shut down for like a month. You know, when it first happened, right? We thought it was going to be the fucking apocalypse and everybody was going to die and shit. And then um, once we kind of got over the first thing, uh, the first shutdown, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, we're opening. No mask. None of that bullshit. And, you know, I might take some heat for that, you know, put it out in public and shit. But look, man, it's a place I couldn't continue to shut down. I had to, I'll tell you a story. This guy, uh, he told me he, he was uh, man, it's a, a very intense story. So he actually walked in on his son who hung himself. He, he walked into his bedroom of his son's um, uh, bed and his he had to take the rope off his own 14 year old son. And he goes, man, he said, this gym is the only thing I have that keeps me alive, man. And when I heard, you know, stories, there's other stories similar too. you know, guys were like, like, man, like, I can't do it. Like, if I'm not training, man, I can't fucking live, man. Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, uh, when I heard stories like that, I was like, I'm not fucking shutting down again, man. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, this is a essential business, you know, fuck what you call it essential business. This is essential to some people. Um, is essential, you know, for my livelihood too. But, um, you know, when you hear stories like that, I'm sure Matt would, 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 uh, you know, have some similar stories, you know, maybe not quite that intense, but you know, th this is, you know, this people's lives are messing with men. So I said, I'm opening, I'm not shutting down again. I don't give a fuck what the government says. Um, and we haven't closed down since. I mean, I, that's, that's really, that's smart. What you said right there, man, as far as, with what is essential and what's not, you know what I mean? Who for them? Who are they to say what's essential for somebody's both physical and mental health? And then meanwhile, you got the uh, what's his name, the Blasio, the mayor of, of the city. You they catch him in a gym. They catch him in a gym. The no one, uh, and then they then they catch him on it. And the guy like double doubles down. He's like, hey, uh, I have to be in shape. I have to be in my health. I have to be in shape to make decisions for the city, motherfucker. Mm. It, it's okay for you, yeah. whatever. 
it's a bunch of hypocrites, man. I, I, I get so, I get so livid with this shit, you know? Yeah. It bothers me too. So like I said, we just said, fuck it. We're opening. Um, we're not closing down again. Um, you know, you can, I'll stand there at the front door and, and, and fight them motherfuckers myself, man. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the cops even agree with the people who've opened gyms too. like, you know, this in Jersey, there was a guy and, and there, there were cops that actually agreed with it and didn't want to. Sometimes they had to do something. But other, other guys just like, eh, let them stay open because it is weird. You'll go to a place during a lockdown where essential items are being sold and it's supermarket. But there will be a, the end cap of the aisle has plastic over it and you can't buy what's in that end cap because it's not declared essential. It's crazy. Oh, oh God. Like literally you can shop certain aisles are open and then this other aisle, they're like, no, that's not an essential item. We can't sell it to you. So it's like, who the fuck are you supposed to listen to? It's nuts. Yeah. This shit's like a fucking twilight zone, man. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just, uh, again, I just keep my head down, man. Bite down my mouthpiece, walk forward. I ain't even trying to, I keep my blinders on, man. Fuck looking around. I don't even watch the news and shit. Like, fuck it. <laughs> you know? If, if everything could be as simple as, as the cage, as fighting, then we'd all be okay. It's funny because, like, I feel, I feel that way with, like, stand-up comedy, where, like, you're on stage telling jokes. People, they laugh or they don't. It's either so simple. That's why I love it. There's no editing. There's no this. And I feel like with fighting, it's probably a lot, a, a very similar. Like, you either win or you don't. You land a punch or you don't. It's just so, it's so black or white, you know? Very true. Thanks for coming. We're happy we got you. We weren't sure if there was a scheduling mix-up, so we're glad that we uh, got you. Co-main event against Carlos Condit. And I like Carlos. I was happy for him, too. I think he had dropped, like, five, and then he, and then he, came, and he looked really good in his last fight. So I was very happy to see Carlos Condit um, looking as great as he looked in his last fight as well. Yeah, I was happy to see it, too. Man. Like I said, I'm a fan of Carlos, and um, after I beat him up, I'm going to wish the best for him, and I hope he does more great things in his career. <laughs> um, yeah, the scheduling mix-up, that was my fault. I fell asleep. So. Oh, it's okay. I, I, it happens. And, and sometimes, especially when there's so many different time zones at play, uh, guys are traveling or guys are training in you know the West Coast. We get it all the time. So listen, then, good luck. Co-main event on uh, Holloway Cater. So it's good talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Love your guys' show. Keep it up, man. Keep up the all good right. work. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Be well. I kind of want to see Matt Hughes versus people trying to shut down the gym. Like, I think that'd be a good show. Matt Brown. I mean, Matt Brown. Matt Brown. Yeah, Matt Hughes, <laughs> yeah, too. I, I think Matt Hughes would be a better show. <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, Fuck him in the ass. Listen to me. <laughs> Matt Sarah does not forgive. <laughs> I have enough friends. <laughs> you do. Um, but anyway. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. When's the next guy you're coaching? Shit, uh, Aljo Sterling. Did they announce right. right yet? We had him on yesterday, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, two days ago, Aljo was on. Talk about Purion, yeah. Yeah, man. Aljo, uh, I'm so excited for Aljo. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and I watched the thing you recommended, um, Not Broken, the, uh, the thing UFC did about Aljo's life. It was really interesting, man. He was really, uh, you were right. It was great. Really, really emotional. Yeah, it was great. Picture me, Jimmy, just fucking crying. I always picture you crying. It's how I see you. you know, Aljo had that wrestling match against that guy that I set up. The guy, I've ever oh. told you about the story. The guy was like ranked third in the, in like the world, in the country, in Penn State. Yeah. And he yeah. called out Aljo, accepted it. He, and he lost six to four to him. But it was like, uh, I, don't think. It were, I mean, the guy's ranked right now at Penn State. He's like one of the best in the world. 
It lost six to four. It's pretty fucking good, no? Yeah, really good. Everyone was like, I was going to get killed. I was going to get attacked. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, and then it was real close. It was real. Dude, he's just, he's such a great kid. I can't watch that special again, though. I'm not, I'm done. I watched it twice. And the second time, I'm like, dude, this is just like my kryptonite with my emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean, Jimmy? Yeah, of course. Adam, I don't know how well you know Jimmy. You think he's a nice guy. He's got a little black heart. (laughs) No, I don't. I'm actually... I'm I'm emotionally I'm one tick off. Like I I don't cry at things I should, but then I'm you know I, I watch a fucking Sanka commercial. I'm like, oh, the father and the son are reunited. I'm a blubbering idiot when I shouldn't be a blubbering idiot, and when I should cry I don't. No, you used to, used to say during uh, in your act how you you cried at uh, Forrest Gump, but you know you were laughing when they were throwing uh, uh, like stones at him. You were laughing at like the wrong times. Like yeah. When they, were, when they were bullying them, that's when you were laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is fucking awful. I don't remember the joke, but it's probably true. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I I am very emotionally in a weird, but I'm very sensitive. But I, I just don't do it at the right times. Like it's always some weird time where it comes out, but it comes out like two degrees away from where it should have. What do you think of Spock? Do you think he's a little too? monotone or you think he's got the right emotions I, you know interesting thing about leonard nimoy he was a cab driver and he said really? one time he he was a taxi cab driver before and he said one Somebody time he saw him with pointy ears they oh you'll be great in his role yes <laughs> and he beamed himself out of the cab no he said he drove john f kennedy jr um he, i mean John jfk senior the president before he was president and he said that he knew he was going to be somebody because he knew he was a politician and he said JFK was in the cab and said, and I think Leonard Nimoy said, well, how are you going to do this? And, and JFK said, well, how do you think we should do it? Or, or just basically listened to what he had to say and listen to him. Like didn't make it about himself, but asked Leonard Nimoy, what do you think? And listen, he goes, I knew at that moment that guy was going to be somebody special. Who, who said that? JFK? Oh, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy said he asked JFK a question. He was probably a senator at the time. And um, JFK Asked, so like he said, What are you, how are you going to do this? And JFK said, well, What do you think about that? He asked Leonard Nimoy what he thought and just listened to his answer. Like, like oh. he was just not a guy, he, he was like listening to what people said and what people wanted. I know what I got out of that story. I got <laughs> it's not a great story, story but it's, my, it's a Leonard Nimoy story. It's all I got. Adam, Adam, this is what I got out of that story. That JFK was a fucking nice guy. Yeah. And he's probably like, Hey, what do you think about this, Caddy? And that fucking Leonard Nimoy is a fucking, he's all about himself. Cause he's just like, oh, oh, Mister, oh, what? You want to know what I think about the fucking? <laughs> fuck? They don't give a fuck what you think. Try that fucking thing and go back to your acting school, fucking Nimrod. That guy's a nice guy. That's what it says. You don't give a fuck about the cabbie. Of course not. Of course not. But I'm saying the point is that he listened, though. Like, that's like, you still have to listen to what people, even if you're bullshitting, you have to listen so you know what they want to hear. Like, he, so he at least listened to a guy to get the take of what people are saying or what people are thinking, which is the sign of a, probably a good politician to know your audience. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that he didn't take, I think Leonard Nimoy knew too. He didn't take his, you know. He wasn't being counseled like fucking Peter Sellers and being there. He was just asking. He probably didn't want to talk. So he's like, let this fucking dumb cabbie babble at me. <laughs> Do we have any Captain Kirk? <laughs> I don't. But I will tell you, Invader Immortal, Matt, I am really. Um, is it? Is it really I, there's three of them. And I've gone through the first two. I love it. 
It's fucking great. Jimmy, what are, you got to tell me or text me your screen name on there and I'll friend you. And okay. uh, I'm telling you, this population one, it's the bee's knees, Jimmy. I have so much fun in there. I don't know how to even blow the gun. I, I don't know what the fucking maps mean. I'm always running around. Hey, Matt, do you have any inside information on who's going to uh, coach Ultimate Fighter next year? Oh, fuck no. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, man. That dude, that fucking show changed my life. I'll, I'll watch, that day always got my money. They got, I'm viewing it. I <laughs> love that. First of all, I like the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that show changed my fucking life. So Who do you want like to be? I, like uh, Colby Masvidal? That'd be fun. That would be really fun. First of all, I think they have Ooh. to fight. Where the hell's I want Leon Edwards to get better. There's so many fun fights, dude. I am so excited to be here in Fight Island, man. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at all these fights, Jimmy. How long are you there for, Matt? Are you staying for a while? When do you come back? I'm coming back the 21st. It's the first time the chart is back, so I'm gonna be gone for like a, over a week. I'm coming back like next Thursday or some shit. Oh, before the before the next round of fight. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do uh, I'll be doing Monday's uh, show with you, and we'll talk about the fights for sure. Are you gonna go yeah. to uh, Dubai? Uh, we're going. So we're going somewhere for a smaller event, and I don't know exactly where that is, but you know, like, hey, listen, Adam. You know what I do? They call me up. They go meet me in the lobby, and I go, I'll be there. Wow, that's it. That's already there. You know, I, Adam. I, I, I was in Saudi Arabia. I have time to kill. I'm gonna watch the rest of your show. Oh, thank you. Of it, and I'm like, holy, because I wasn't sure what it was, and then it was a re it's like a regular special. Yeah, thank you. That's fucking good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's fun, man. But uh, all right, guys, anything else? Good talk. No, no. We're happy you were here, man. Happy to talk. To you. Oh, dude, I had such a good time, guys. All right, guys. Anything you want to plug, guys? No, I have nothing right now. Um, hopefully soon, but nothing right now. Yeah, me neither. I'm not really promoting Sarah BJJ in Huntington. Might be open, might not. Check us out. Who knows? <laughs> Unless you're the popo. No, I'm only kidding. We bring. They're not gonna try to shut us down. We're okay. We'll survive this thing, Adam Hunter. Yep, Adam's special. We should promote too on uh, Fight yeah. Pass. Adam's special on Fight Pass. Uh, it was the front page of Fight Pass. Um, so I was happy Throwing for you, punches. man. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Right, yeah, thank you awesome. Fuck yeah, guys. Hey. Thanks for bullshitting with me. You kept me Matt, company. I'll you talk to you next week, Matt. Have a good time. And, uh, you got it. Adam, thanks, buddy. Okay. Thank you more. Appreciate it, man. Have a good week. Later, guys. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.